Hello. Hello. This is uh, Tuesday, episode 72, and this is covering minute uh, one hour and 11 minutes in. Uh, so that's that's the minute we're covering today. Uh, so this minute uh, continues on with uh, where we ended off in the last minute, obviously, um, <laughs> in that the house and everything in it is being left to Marta. Um, people start to turn on Marta. Everything, everybody is freaking out, and... Uh, Benoit tells, says they need to calm down and tells Marta to run. And the whole uh, uh, minute ends with um, Marta saying she has to leave and, and leaving. So this is uh, quite a uh, an eventful minute because I feel like there's just a <laughs> lot that just goes on uh, in, in all of it. Um, so what are you, your thoughts about it? Uh, yeah, this is where we definitely get the... Uh, sort of explosion of the mm-hmm. energy that's been building <laughs> in the yeah. past minute to now it's confirmed that Marta has the house and I think this is where Jamie Lee Curtis just turns on her immediately yes, yes. I can't remember everyone's names unfortunately yeah yeah because she specifically <laughs> asks the um the iconic line were you boinking my father which yes is <laughs> extremely iconic Yes, and, and then the little Nazi child says some little Nazi things. Yeah, where where um, there's a very specific moment, and I don't know if this is intentional, um, where the internet Nazi teen is, uh, like he he he's obviously racist, calling her an anchor baby, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. But he's like kind of hesitates about it, and it kind of makes me wonder if he's if he's kind of one of those internet Nazi teens where he feels really comfortable being like completely alt-right and horrible on the internet but he's not quite there in person yet oh yeah I I don't it feels like maybe that was the first time he had actually said that phrase out loud rather than typing it yes oh he the rhetoric I think maybe surprised himself a little bit there which is great acting on that guy's part even for us to you know kind of speculate is that what's going on there like yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that made me just really wonder if that was his specific choice or if it's like if that actor involved is is was like uncomfortable saying it but i i don't know i because i know that i would be really really uncomfortable but also he's an actor so it's yeah <laughs> they say but... weird stuff all the time uh, <laughs> that's that's very true yeah, yeah. I, I think also maybe the hesitance could be read a little bit as he even might be repeating something that he had heard which oh, yeah. starts to spin back into this family, you know, has this veneer of politeness. And they had told Marta, oh, we'll take care of you now that Harlan's not here anymore. And the second that things changed, they just turned on her <laughs> with a viciousness. Yeah, they turned on her in a minute. Like, it's it's kind of, it's also fascinating, too, because I think, like, the last minute was things starting to kind of go out off of hand, but they were more surprised about it all. But here is specifically where they're, like, angry not just at um 
at Harlan or at the lawyer or at everything, but at Marta. And mm-hmm. they are specifically turning on Marta and saying, is this, like, what did you do? Yeah, like, rather than start it, accusing her. Yeah, which, uh, which is really interesting and really sad and difficult. And it, it, I think it all kind of comes together from all of the... Um, creative choices as well mm-hmm. because this is the this is a moment where the you know just the music and the cinematography and the editing and everything about it is just all starting to completely like ramp up and everybody starts being muffled by the strings of the soundtrack and it's just yeah. overwhelming Yes. Uh, in our last episode, we mentioned the claustrophobia of the cinematography. Oh, yeah. And in this case, yeah, the score now really starts to hammer that home. <laughs> yeah. And the the mixing where it's just like louder and louder and louder and you can barely hear everybody. Uh, you, can, you can hear some of the specific lines from people, but it's kind of more of like a like chaotic din of everybody just like turning on Marta and being like, what did you do? Are you, are you having sex with Harlan? Are you, what, like, what, what is the reason that you did this? And it's mm-hmm. just like, it's, it's very, it's very chaotic and very good at kind of, at um, conveying that level of chaos. Oh, yes. And again, as we talked about in the last episode, it also puts us squarely in Marta's shoes because we're mm-hmm. hearing what she's hearing, basically, you know, it, I'm sure you've also been in a position where you've received news or heard something that just shocked you. And this is how it can feel where like sounds become muffled. Yeah. You can't Mm -hmm. process things the way you normally do. And she luckily has now uh, Blanc who has become like her protector in this scene where he moves and puts himself between her and Mm -hmm. the family as they rush at her and like encourages her to leave. (laughs) Like, yeah, he can only do so much, but he very intentionally blocks them with his body so that he she can get some space um and in a way that you know knowing what he he knows or he's he's still working things out in his head he still uh recognizes that hey this family is being kind of horrible oh yeah and i like i need to get her out of here it's mm-hmm. yeah. it's very then- good but yeah though no, that I I feel like a lot of people can kind of flash back to moments they've had in their life where things become muffled and chaotic and, and the, the cinematography kind of gets a little shaky there so, mm-hmm. in a, an interesting way. And yeah, no, I, th- I think that works really well. Oh, yeah. I think this minute ends with her heading out on the steps, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, then there's more we can talk about <laughs> with that next, next time. Uh, also here is where... That, that tribalism that they had displayed yeah. previously starts to come apart because no one is listening to each other anymore. They're no, all just screaming the, their individual fears at Marta. <laughs> right, and none of this seems like it would be productive because mm-hmm. like, if you were, if you were say, this type of person who's going, I want to get my money back, I don't care about her, but I care about getting my money back, which is, uh, you know, kind of what they're doing, like... Everybody surrounding her and yelling doesn't seem like the way to do it in any sort of particular productive way, but it, it just kind of shows off, off how afraid and how kind of like almost, I guess, like instinctual this is of like, no, we have to protect it, even if not, they're not doing it productively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree there. 
it's a it's a real fear response on their part as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's it's just like no, this is this is completely upending our way of life. But it is it is interesting just h- how quickly uh, they all go from like, oh, Marta, we'll take care of you. We'll, we'll we'll look after you, even though you don't have a job anymore. And the second that this happens, it's all like, like like the dives are out you know (laughs) yes yeah if not fully out they're definitely unsheathed (laughs) yes they're very very specifically it just like it just flips on a dime where they're going like oh we're so sorry marta we would have invited you to the funeral and then they're yelling profanities at her and asking her inappropriate questions and it's just like okay that's it's you you really see how how quickly it is for that kind of veneer to come off. Mm-hmm. And then uh, rewatching these scenes in preparation for recording, I realize now we see Ransom set up his uh, soon-to-be rescue, as we'll see, where he leaves before everyone else. He like he's the first one to break from that room. I think. Yeah, yeah. He he he's laughing and he just is like, "Hey, time to go. Bye." Mm-hmm. Um. And, and yeah, so you, I, I noticed that as well, where he, he leaves noticeably very early so that uh, he can uh, uh, go get, get in his car and get ready. So it's, yes, it's, it's set it's, events into motion. Set events <laughs> into motion. You're right. Um, yeah. And I think him doing that is like what unstoppers the rest of them from being stuck in place. And that's yeah. when they all start to rush at her. So. Yeah, this, whereas the cinematography, the camera was doing a lot of work in the previous minute, this time I think now the actors start to like get more physical and it's all these things starting to clash together is like, just really ramps up the tension in the scene. Yeah, I, part of me wonders just how much of any any of that was uh, scripted or, or how much of any of the things that they're all saying is scripted, just because they're all pretty much freaking out immensely at at her overlapping and and you kind of wonder to what extent like there's specific lines where you know that it had to have been written like uh the the whole blinking line is like yeah (laughs) it's specific enough where you're like that needs to be in there but but it's like i wonder if just it's just kind of curious to see how much something like that would have been yeah, I think with these level of actors and this director slash writer, I think Ryan definitely wrote some key things like <laughs> potentially the boinking line. And he's like, you guys have to hit these lines and the rest of you just start shouting out your fears basically at Marta. And that gives them some leeway to like see what someone else is going to say and they can play off of that maybe. Or they can just be like very single-minded, like here's what my character is worried about, so that's what I'm going to express in this scene. So I think it's a combination of the two. Uh, in the video that yeah. I watched, that was about the the previous um, parlor scene where Ransom is introduced to everybody. Oh Ryan, yeah, I've, talking I a that lot. One. Yeah, yeah, he's talking a lot about the camera angles that he had set up so that it feels like you're looking at the various characters the same way the person who's speaking is, and so this time. I think it's a combination of his very careful camera work and cinematography and just letting the actors kind of go loose (laughs) and uh, 
just do what they want to do within the bounds of that that scene. Yeah, and and I, I just pulled up the script again, um, which is on Ryan Johnson's website, and it looks like um, a, there are quite a few lines in here scripted out, but then it's also, um, you know, I'm assuming that with this caliber of actor, you can just say, hey, here's kind of what your character would say, but then also you're you're going to be kind of constantly coming at her and yelling and mm-hmm. yeah yeah and like probably also gave them a level of here's how high to take that you know you don't want to be yeah. like screaming obscenities at her because you're not there yet <laughs> but right like, yeah just you know within the range of you have this shock and now you have somewhere to focus that anger and that surprise towards whereas Marta is just still like what just happened <laughs> right? with also the knowledge of what she has been involved with going on in the back of her mind and her concerns with like Blanc right there, you know, she has nowhere to turn all of these different thoughts happening. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it, it, there's just like a lot happening and I, and it's, you, you really do like a lot of it is um, really intentional, but also, like I said, it's just like the, the, level of actors that are in the scene it's like you can kind of trust Mm -hmm. them to to know what they're doing and kind of carry the scene along as well oh yeah they make it very natural it doesn't seem forced or or scripted so even if it was all completely scripted they carry it off in such a way that (laughs) i have no idea (laughs) you know yeah like there's definitely some lines in here that are that are scripted but that they're I, I just don't know to what extent mm-hmm. all of it was. But it's it's very uh but like it it, it I, I feel like it's gotta be one of those things that's tricky to to really film is that level of chaos. It, it like I feel like it's easy to say like, oh you just film a chaotic scene but you have to get the timing right or the angle camera angles right and mm-hmm. all of all of that, so yeah, it's kind of like conducting an orchestra where yeah. if one instrument is way overpowering the others unintentionally, it throws the whole thing off balance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's like if you, like using that kind of metaphor, if you had this scene um, and there's like there's specific lines that you want to hear, but if, if you specifically heard uh, Jamie Lee Curtis question about boinking like 20 times you'd be like it'd be oh it'd be distracting and it would be uh it'd be very specifically like "Mm, why are we hearing this over and over again so it's like you do need to have that kind of uh mixing so that they're that they are nobody's overpowering one another so that you you get the just the sense of it all Mm -hmm. yeah but uh also, the soundtrack is is really really good here. I think the the really tension the tension of the strings and everything works really oh, yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, strings in in horror and mystery mm-hmm. movies immediately just ratchet mm-hmm. it right up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think what if I heard before that like even though the piano forte I think is supposed to be like the closest to the human voice in music you know it has like all these tones and it has essentially the full range that most that not most that humans can 
produce vocally. The violin mm-hmm. is the one that they kind of use for singing in the orchestra. So for it to just mm-hmm. be screaming, <laughs> it really just, it's almost nails on a chalkboard. You're just like, oh no. Oh, absolutely. You can do a lot to make it sound beautiful, to make it sound jarring and grating. It's, it's, you can do a lot with strings and it, it works particularly well here for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, do you have anything else that you'd like to add about this minute? Uh, I think I'm good on the minute. Sounds good. So the one, our daily question for today is, uh, what are your general feelings on murder mystery films? Do you like them? Do you watch them otherwise or any particular favorites? I'm not usually a big mystery fan or or rather a murder mystery fan. I have to walk that Mm -hmm. back a little bit. Like I'm a big fan of Sherlock Holmes and like, you Mm -hmm. know, those tend to be mysteries, but also more about Sherlock himself and like who how mm-hmm. who he's interacting with in the story rather than like the mystery that he's unraveling. Right. It can be tricky because in order to write a murder mystery, you have to be smarter than whatever character you're saying is the smartest person in the room. Right. <laughs> and you have to also kind of be smarter than the audience or at least lead them down certain paths and misdirect them in places and it can it's either hard. yes, it can either be really interesting and fun to watch or you're like yeah I saw this like 15 minutes ago Encyclopedia Brown like you're not surprising <laughs> anyone here <laughs> yeah no it's 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 so hard I um once did a like a fiction writing challenge where I was given um a like couple genres ran randomly and had to like write a short story and one of them was uh like either mystery or murder mystery and I was like what am I doing here I <laughs> don't think I am like that capable to come up with this plot that I can unravel and it's hard but oh yeah and I think my brain just doesn't function in that way I'm not like by nature a duplicitous person so I find it difficult to unravel other people's duplicity yeah (laughs) and it just leaves me being like oh man I thought they were cool and you're like no they definitely (laughs) murdered all those people oh I have that a lot where liked that person yeah (laughs) and especially in a movie or a tv show if it's like an actor or an actress that i like i'm like oh come on martin freeman why would you do that (laughs) (laughs) oh i've I've had that too where i'm like i liked you and i like your actor so why is this the main person uh i i yeah i've 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 had that too where my favorite character in in a recent video game i played was ended up being the ultimate villain of the story. And I was just like, man, I thought you were cool. And yeah. you're my favorite. I was rooting for you. Yeah. And you kind of go Tyra on them. Like, we were all rooting for you. <laughs> exactly. It feels like a personal betrayal. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I, I think that I, I like mysteries, but I don't know if I necessarily seek them out all the time. Um, I, I'm one of the people who likes, uh, I like some true crime, but I tend to prefer a true crime that's not murder-based. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, oh, that's kind of boring, to be honest. Uh, but just that kind of, uh, just, I, I like hearing about weird stuff that happens rather than any sort of, like, somebody died because that just kind of bums me out. Yeah, I agree with you there. And also a lot of the murder podcasts or true crime podcast 
the motives tend to be pretty similar. You know, yeah. it's like money or sex or something like that. And you're like, okay, well, we've or seen this like, before. And then it makes you kind of feel like a jerk. You're like, someone died. <laughs> oh, I know. I felt that too, where I, I was talking about this with somebody else where I was like, oh, it's so boring when it's just murder. And I'm like, oh my God, somebody is dead <laughs> for real. And so, you know, so I, I like, like, you know, financial true crime or yes that's true, very interesting to me <laughs> yeah or true crime about like things where people are still alive they might not necessarily be happy about it all but it's like <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that's where where i meant for, absolutely um do you have anything else that you'd like to add or uh no i think that covers my feelings on murder mysteries <laughs> right well thank you for joining me um do you have anything you'd like to plug today uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-M-B-R-R-R. You can see just all my retweets, sometimes photos of my dog, and then retweets of photos of my dog that my partner has posted. Sounds good. And you can follow this podcast as well at Knives Out Minute on Twitter. So thank you for joining me and have a good day. Bye.